Hello, my name is Stella, and I'd like to introduce you to a special kid named Donovan. Donovan will be turning nine this January. He loves building things, archery, turtles, and Star Wars. Sadly, Donovan faces some difficult struggles on a daily basis. He's been diagnosed with Asperger syndrome, ADHD, and bipolar disorder. Every day, Donovan has to cope with disabilities and deal with the harsh judgment the outside world gives him. We are starting this Kickstarter campaign so that Donovan and his family can tell their story. Together, they would like to write a book called Donovan and the Dark Side. It will educate people on the disabilities from the perspective of Donovan himself. He will talk about the ways his disabilities affect his everyday life in a simple way only a kid could. The book is called Donovan and the Dark Side because Donovan is a big Star Wars fan, and he has used his love for Star Wars as a great coping tool for his problems. One of the central themes in Star Wars is the struggle one faces to stay away from the dark side. Donovan relates to this in a big way. The Jedi fight anger to keep from turning to the dark side, and Donovan's disability causes him to constantly be fighting his own anger. He compares his fighting to regain calmness during his bipolar tantrums to a Jedi trying not to turn to the dark side. In the book, Donovan will talk about different ways kids can cope with their disabilities, with the lessons he learned from Star Wars, as well as other creative methods he's come up with. We are asking for $2,000 so we could do a print and a digital edition of the book. Money will go towards things like designing the ebook edition, editing and publishing the print edition, and promoting the final copy. Any surplus of money received will go towards services for Donovan, such as museum trips, park memberships, and other needs. Thanks for listening and for donating whatever you can. For more information or to make a contribution, please visit kickstarter.com and search for Donovan and the Dark Side. Thank you. Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Hello and welcome to the 86th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Deception. I am your host, Michael Cohen, and with me, uh, we've got a special guest host this week. Uh, we're back after a week off, and uh, and I've got uh, Chris, Smith with, Chris Smith with me from the Sarlacc Pit podcast. It's, uh, it's a bit of a tongue twister. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be. Yeah, that's why I used to go with Hoth Ice Planet because that kind of mixes it up a little bit, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so we're gonna talk the episode Deception while Matt's away, and uh, and you guys will actually get uh, a really quick follow up episode because I know we're a week behind uh, with this episode, um, and uh, the episode for Friends and Enemies will be forthcoming uh, if it's not already in your iTunes queue. So, uh, so let's, let's introduce our, uh, our special guest host, uh, to those who don't, who maybe don't listen to the Sarlacc Pit podcast. Uh, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, about, you know, your Star Wars fandom, how you came to, uh, to be a fan of the force as it were? <laughs> well, for anybody that hasn't listened to the show, um, me and Matt are kind of similar because, I mean, we both co-host and I guess, we're the same age. I was seven years old when Star Wars came out, and I uh, had my aunt take me to go see it, and I was blown away. I was changed completely, and have been just a nut for Star Wars ever since. Even through the so-called dark years, throughout the late 80s and mm-hmm. throughout the mid, uh, up until about 96 when things started to heat back up. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, I've always been a Star Wars geek, and a few years ago, I kind of got the fire going again. I, I actually had a the chance to get my collection done in our local newspaper article, and uh, that just really excited me. And one thing led to another. I started really listening to podcasts and thought, "What heck, I can do that myself." And uh, for me, starting out this podcast, you know, there's several Star Wars podcasts out there, and the one thing that to me was missing at the time, of course, this was two years ago was there weren't really any just like listeners say like myself when I wasn't doing a show I could just like come in and sit down and talk to these guys and that to me was disappointing I wanted to be able to sit down and do a show and just have you know Joe Blow from Michigan over here that if he wants to talk about Star Wars and hey why can't he and you know he can get on and sit down with us and me and Matt we have various listeners we do have actual Star Wars actors have come on we have other people that run their own Star Wars websites and, you know, stuff like that that are somewhat famous as far as Star Wars goes. And just normal, regular, everyday fans like us, they just, you know, they want to sit down and talk about Star Wars because that's what mm-hmm. it's all about. And that's what uh, that's what I love about it, just to be able to sit down and just, you know, it never gets old for me to sit down and talk some Star Wars. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. There's always something new. You know what? Every time I watch the movies, uh, I've, I was sick this past week. That's why there was no episode. And while I was sick... I took the time to watch uh, watch the Blu-rays, and uh, watching the Blu-rays, uh, even you know, is you know millionth time I've watched some of the movies, um, still noticing completely new things. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, noticing in uh, in Empire when they're flying through the uh, the Falcon is flying through the the asteroid field, and they start to hit the bumps and that sort of thing. Um, 3PO, like the the ship kind of gets gets tousled, and uh, and and you know Leia's in one seat behind Han, and then 3PO's in the seat behind Chewie. He actually reaches forward and holds on to Chewbacca, <laughs> like so that he doesn't fall over. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and you know all the times I've watched, I've never noticed it. So like it, yeah, there's always something to discuss, whether it's the EU or Clone Wars or uh, or just you know fandom in general. Um, and then with the movies, like they're just so infinitely complex 
And there's so many different things in all six movies. Uh, seven if you count the Clone Wars movie, which we do around here. Uh, and then with the series, with, with, with uh, the Clone Wars, I mean, there's just there's so much stuff. So much stuff to talk about. So, uh, cool. Well, why don't we jump into some news and, uh, and talk this week's latest info. Alrighty. Welcome. I have been expecting you. This is just the beginning. This is where the fun begins. Join us or die. Our meeting was not a coincidence. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Okay, cool. So, uh, big big piece of news last week while we were kind of frozen in carbonite <laughs> at front lines. Uh, George Lucas has kind of announced his retirement uh, in in a, a interview in the New York Times. Uh, he was talking about Red Tails, and uh, and one of the things that he said was, "This is the quote: I'm retiring. I'm moving away from the business, from the company, from all this kind of stuff." And uh, and I think that he was he was kind of referring to the publicity and getting out and being the face of Lucasfilm, um, uh, and and I mean he is he is still planning on another Indiana Jones movie, uh, and and of course there's there's always new Star Wars stuff coming. It doesn't mean the end of Star Wars, but as far as George is concerned, he's done. This is this is what he had to say. Why would I make any more when everybody yells at you all the time and says what a terrible person you are? So, uh, so I guess he's just kind of—he's just kind of tired. Yeah, I kind of think that last statement was kind of just a little punch to the gut for some of these Star Wars fans. But yeah. I remember when I first saw the story, my first thought was, "So what?" Now, to me, this doesn't mean anything because if he's still doing Indiana Jones and yeah. he's still working on the Clone Wars. Yeah, and apparently he's still going to be working with the TV show if it ever comes about. So yeah. to me, it's we we kind of touched a little bit of this on 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 my show, and I was just like, okay, maybe this is the first step of him kind of like handing the mantle over to someone else. Yeah, but other than that, I just kind of laughed and thinking, well, what's the big deal? Why is this thing getting so much publicity over this one little bitty piece of article? Uh, you know, it's it's just like uh, every week there's there's some sort of Star Wars news that you know it's always a slow news week with Star Wars. I think, uh, with with the exception of you know when big announcements like the Blu-rays or Celebration or or uh, you know Episode One and Three D. Um, with the exception of that stuff, it's it's always kind of just like, oh, what are we going to talk about in Star Wars news this week? So I think that with him out there doing publicity for Red Tails. He makes this offhand comment, and I don't think that he means this in like a you know my feelings are hurt kind of way. I think he means this in a like, you know, like I'm, I'm done. I'm too. I'm in the in the words of uh, of of Murtaugh, uh, maybe a little bit uh, paraphrase. I'm getting too old for this crap. Yeah, you know. So I I think that that's that's what it is, right? Like he's just he's just kind of tired of having. And you know, he's not talking about us. No, I think that that's obvious. I don't think that he's talking about, you know, those of us who are out here doing podcasts devoted to his TV show, and uh, and you know, devoted to to the amazing uh, legacy that he has in Star Wars. Um, I think he's talking about you know, average Joe, 
critic, you know, armchair movie reviewer that wants to still malign episode one as one of the worst movies of all time. Now, like, I'm one to say, you know, the, the prequels have their issues, but they are still much better movies than the majority of crap that, that gets put out these days. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Twilight and... Oh, just so much junk. The Underworld movies, other than the first one, which was kind of okay. You know, like, <laughs> like I could just go on and on about the different movies that are just such junk. They, they you know, have bigger budgets than Star Wars and uh, bigger star power than Star Wars and bigger directors and that sort of thing. And then just end up being kind of... I mean, look at Sucker Punch from last year, right? Sucker mm-hmm. Punch was this huge, huge movie. Uh, in in terms of cost and uh, and uh, maybe not so necessarily star power, but with a big name director, you know Zack Snyder coming off of Watchmen and and Three Hundred, and uh, and and that was just hugely hugely disappointing as a film. So um, you know that's a special effects debacle gone wrong, as opposed to Episode One, which I think at the heart of it has a really good story. It's just a little bit mired in uh, in the effects and and the uh, you know just c- kind of getting back into Star Wars and and the biggest thing is the hype, right? So yeah. So I get it when he says you know he's kind of done. He doesn't really want to go down that path again. He's done it. He's done it for the last thirty yeah. odd years, yeah. almost forty, and and uh, you know, and we, I don't begrudge him at all. Yeah, so. yeah, we've said it before that. The movie that hype, there's no way it can possibly live yeah. up to it. And yeah. two, I think the political issue, a lot of that, a lot of people disagree with that even being in there. But hello, this is that's the core of the whole issue and the problem that's going on. Yeah. Uh, through the background of the story, and it has to be told. You can't just step over it. It wouldn't make any sense. And yeah. I just think that's yeah. a you know a lot of people, and I, I've said this before. A lot of people remember the original trilogy from, like, say me, when I was seven years old. Well, you know, when you go in to see episode one, you're grown now. Well, it's obviously you're not going to see it the same way yeah. because you're a grown adult. You have to look at it at a certain, in in your child's eye in order yeah. to get the same effect. And Absolutely. You know, I had a complete blast. And, yes, they have their flaws, but, you know, the original trilogy has some spots here and there. But still, I can... I can sit and enjoy these movies over and over again. And like you said, there's there's not much else out there that can compare. You know, I can sit down and enjoy this, you know, every single day, whereas other movies, you know, they just don't have it. Even though they're blockbusters, it's just like, what? Come on. So we'll see here in uh, about 10 days, you know, what kind of effect we'll have when it comes to 3D. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) absolutely. Cool. Um, so our next piece of news is uh, is the uh, Volkswagen uh, Super Bowl commercial. Uh, everybody probably remembers the the Mini Vader advertisement last year to, uh, from Volkswagen uh, with the little kid Vader walking around trying to use the force on stuff, and then the kid freaks him out. Or the dad freaks him out with the <laughs> you know the remote yeah. uh, car start thing, um, and uh, and Volkswagen is back with another uh commercial and uh, and we have an audio clip for this one so yes we do we, we play that all right 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jingle Cats better uh, pack up and leave town because uh, cause the, the Imperial barking canine chorus is, uh, is taking over the animal <laughs> musician circuit, I think. That is, uh, I, I love it. It's such a great commercial because when you see the actual visuals that go along with it, there's uh, all these dogs in different costumes, and there's the dog that walks out dressed as an ATAT and <laughs> and all that stuff. And the and the you hear the one that makes the Chewbacca sound that also is dressed and looks like Chewbacca, and it's uh, it's a fun commercial. I'm 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 cool. I hope this becomes a yearly tradition. You know, this is like a regular thing with Volkswagen. Yeah, I can't see. I can't wait to see where this is going. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I actually turned over on the. I didn't actually sit and watch the Pro Bowl this year for the NFL, but I flipped over uh, shortly after it got started. And they went to a commercial break and they showed this commercial, and <laughs> I can't help but laugh every time I see it. When those dogs start howling, that just really gets me. <laughs> yeah. So I really cannot wait to see where they're going and what in the world do these dogs have to do with Volkswagen? But we'll see. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, it's our last piece of news, uh, talking about this new Star Wars R2-D2 rug uh, that's come out. And uh, it's this is crazy. It's it's a It comes in three sizes, three feet by five feet, five feet by seven feet, and eight feet by ten feet. And it's, uh, it's $129 to $599. Um, and oh, do you, um, I don't see it here. Where is it? Who's selling it? This one, uh, I, I have no idea. <laughs> this is what I like the, uh, I'm trying to remember. It's one of those ones that's in the States, and I'm up here in Canada. We don't have them. Uh, I think it's, is it Pottery Barn or something like that? Uh, I don't remember. know. Let me let me try and look it up right quick. I, um, I saw this on Facebook, um, and then I wrote it down and did not write down the... Uh, Who's selling it? Pottery Barn, yeah, Pottery, yeah, pottery Barn pottery. for kids, yeah. And uh, I mean, this is a really neat idea. And when I looked at, I saw the price tag. I was like, "Are you kidding?" Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Of course, that's Pottery Barn, and you know they had their back when they had their Star Wars collection a couple of years ago with the uh, bed bed sheets and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And that stuff was outrageous too. And they ended up clearancing those off at the very end to get rid of the last bit of them. But hopefully, I mean, five hundred ninety-nine dollars. <laughs> I know yeah, rugs are expensive. Much. I know rugs are expensive because uh, I work for Target and we've got a lot of rugs that are super expensive. But six hundred bucks for an R2D2 rug—that's just wow. And you know what? I would rather see than just a rug. I mean, these are cool. With the, it's kind of got the cutout uh, R2D2 image on it um it's just kind of it's in two colors it's just uh sort of an off white and blue so it's a fairly simplified version of r2 i mean it's detailed but it's not like a photorealistic it's a stylized right uh version of r2 um but what i think would be really cool and for most kids i think that they'd agree uh is if they did you know, like those rugs when you were a kid that have like the the streets and like a little town on them and stuff. Yeah. So you know, for you to play with your Hot Wheels or whatever. If uh, if they did the same thing but Star Wars style, and uh, and it was just like you know, like I mean, particularly the first thing that pops to mind. There's there's two, the the uh, the pod race 
if you had the pod race course like the circuit mm-hmm. that would be so cool if you had like a little lego <laughs> pod racer and you just do like you know as a little kid just doing the, the pod race and setting up all your figures and all that sort of thing uh for that i mean that would that to me would be worth having an eight foot by ten foot rug uh <laughs> i mean eight foot by ten foot's pretty big eight and that that pretty much fills the room that i'm in right now which is i think nine by ten and a half so um i mean that's a massive rug but i uh, but yeah i mean it, the other like if you could do like a, a a speeder bike chase one like the endor bunker or like just like a whole endor thing you know on one side you've got a an area for your ewoks and on the other side you have the endor bunker and then all throughout you have the forest and it's got this pathway through it for your speeder bikes just uh you know that i think that would be really cool those those would be a cooler idea than just like this designer star wars rug because i mean you're gonna if you're gonna throw this in a kid's room it's supposed pottery barn kids it's supposed to be to to style a kid's room mm-hmm. uh you know let them have a little bit of fun with it yeah just not just look cool but also be cool right yeah. somebody out there's going to take that idea and run with it so <laughs> i hope so and I, I hope that they send me a free one they can have that idea as long as i get a free one <laughs> right, exactly so i hope somebody from think geek is listening because they'll be the ones to do it you know yep that is a good idea you're right Cool. Well, that's the news. So why don't we uh, why don't we jump in and recap the episode Deception? Okay, let's do that. By disturbance, of course, there is. Is it possible to learn this power? They like me believe him to be the chosen one. Times. Up. I sense there's something here. The army has assembled counter to coup. Calamari system must not fall into separatist hands. All troops, battle stations! This isn't gonna be easy. We'll disintegrate for sure! Suck it up, shiny. I will attack the Naboo! <laughs> I will return, mother. I want you. I don't work for fully. Long have Sith Empire has been built upon the backs of slaves. Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him. I'll keep an eye on him. Bow down, Jedi filth. Welcome to Death Watch. Excellent. So we are here to to recap the episode uh, Deception, which uh, starts with uh, with a new character, Moralo Evol, mastermind of a separatist plot to kidnap Chancellor Palpatine, has been captured by Republic forces. But even with the criminal behind bars, rumors swirl in the underworld of Coruscant that Moralo's plot has already been set in motion. With precious time running out, the Jedi Council hatches their own plot to keep the Chancellor safe. Uh, and, and I think we all know where this goes. Uh, <laughs> it's a, this is a, a really, really cool start to what has uh, uh, been an awesome, awesome arc so far. We're, of course, two episodes into it with two, two uh, left after, after uh, these. Um, nice four-episode arc, which I'm, I'm enjoying these the fact that they're expanding the arcs out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice. Yeah, the fact that we get, yeah, that we get four episodes instead of like, 
one episode or two episodes. This has so far been really good, and yeah, I'm just anxious to see where it's going because Absolutely. this is one. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those that I really have no idea, <coughs> which is always fun. Yeah, but uh, you want to move on to the next paragraph? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. On the streets of Coruscant, as Anakin Skywalker, Obi Wan Kenobi, and Ahsoka Tano are recalled to the Jedi Temple for an emergency meeting. They are targeted by a sniper, Rayco Hardeen. Shots ring out, narrowly missing the Jedi. They duck for cover while desperately trying to locate and identify their shadowy assailant. So uh, we're introduced to a new character here with Rayco. He's a he's he's a bounty hunter sniper, and uh, he's he's a, he's an interesting guy. We're gonna get to know. Uh, a version yeah. of Reiko yeah, a over version. the next couple episodes, <laughs> but uh, but this is this is really cool. Uh, it's Obi Wan seems to be uh, seems to be in on it and and uh, knows what's going down. Uh, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, the Jedi try to outflank the attacker, but Hardeen loses them in the cluttered rooftops. Separated from Anakin, Obi Wan walks out into the open. Reiko takes aim and blasts Kenobi, sending him tumbling to the grimy streets below. Enraged, Anakin attempts to chase down Hardeen, but the killer escapes on a waiting speeder bike. Anakin returns to find Ahsoka cradling Obi-Wan's lifeless body, and he cries out in despair. This is, uh, this is an interesting way to start an episode, and I can't help but feel that we were a little bit spoiled, because uh, going into it, I think we all kind of knew... Uh, what was going to happen, you know, that, that Obi-Wan was going to die. I mean, there was even the preview the week before that showed him, well, showed a funeral, mm-hmm. but it was very clearly Obi-Wan's. I mean, uh, so so we, we knew he was going to die. Um, and I think most of us knew exactly where that storyline was going, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, I had a, a pretty good indication. How about you? Uh, well, I... For one, did not get to see the preview of it, so I didn't. I knew very little about what was coming up, and then of course when he died, you're just like, well, okay, he he doesn't die because you know he's still around. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. what are they doing with this? And you, why is my first thought was why is Anakin not in on it? Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, well, let's see where this is going. And it, I mean. To be, you, you could clearly see that Obi Wan's in on it because he's a little reckless out there trying to, you know, stay out in in, in the way of the the shots. And yeah, I thought it was a little odd that he takes a shot to the shoulder and that supposedly kills him. You know, the fall or the yeah. fall of it or whatever. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but you know, hey, if you could kill a Jedi that way, then they're in big trouble. So <laughs> yeah. Well, that night led. I'm sorry, that night the Jedi hold a funeral fit for one of their legendary heroes inside the temple. Dignitaries gather to pay their respects in hushed reverence, with only Duchess Satine uh, pained softly, breaking the silence. A fire rages in Anakin's eyes, but he says nothing. Anakin, I mean, Ahsoka is gravely concerned for her master. It, that's a good point. I like that the fact that they brought that uh, Ahsoka points out that she's really worried about him, and the fact that he hasn't yeah. said anything. And then, you know, I'm sitting here watching this uh, episode, and my first thought is, does Satine know? I mean, obviously yeah. they didn't tell. I think they didn't tell Padme. She's not in on it because of Anakin. 
But I wonder, does is, is this something that they're going to address later, or is this something that they'll just skip right over? Is will he have to go back and you know walk up to Satine? I was thinking about this today as I'm watching it again, recapping, and I'm like, I could just see Obi Wan walking up to her in a future episode, and her just flashing mm-hmm. out, just start you know beating the mess out of him or something. Yeah, just <laughs> just uh, you know that that specific way that women have mm-hmm. when uh, <laughs> when us men do something stupid and rash, like you know, Kill faking ourselves. our death, <laughs> <laughs> which is illegal, by the way, people. <laughs> Unless you've got the uh, the Jedi Council behind you, in which case I think you can get away with it. Yeah, it's a- but uh, uh, all is not as it seems. The death of Obi Wan was an illusion, carefully crafted by Kenobi, Mace Windu, and Yoda to carry out a dangerous secret mission. With an oper- within an operating room, Kenobi recovers from faking his death with the aid of a blaster-proof vest and a medicinal vital suppressor that hid Kenobi's life signs from Anakin. It is important that no one outside this trio knows of their plan. So here's the thing. If they've got these really fancy blaster-proof vests, how come the clone troopers aren't wearing them? Because they take a lot of shots in the chest and fall down dead. Um, Just a slightly minor... uh, You know what? Okay, I'll explain this away right now. Here's the thing. These blaster-proof vests are much more expensive to produce than the clone armor. And you know, when you have tens of thousands of clones out there on the battlefield dying every day then you know it gets expensive to replace armor like that Mm because if they take a shot in the head or if they get hit by heavy artillery blaster proof vest isn't going to do anything to save them so uh that's my justification and in order to (laughs) move on with it i I think that that's uh that'll have to suffice but uh this is an interesting plot Uh, i you know i've we've sort of seen this storyline before not necessarily in star wars but in uh in other, uh, other, other venues and other series. Um, although <coughs> disguising yourself as a bounty hunter is a fairly common thread in the star Wars series. Yeah. Look at Lando and, uh, look at, uh, Boosh. <laughs> yeah. And Leia's Boosh. Actually, uh, I was kind of expecting to see Boosh later in this arc, but I guess we're not going to, uh, it'll be interesting when that character eventually shows up and we need to see, you know, what kind of bounty hunter scum, he really is, and that's the thing. Bush is a dude. Leia, Leia's dressed up as a dude when when she's dressed as uh, Bush. A more fitting but, disguise. Uh, than but Obi Wan's going to uh, to take on the likeness of someone else in this episode. As a medical droid shaves off Obi Wan's beard and hair, <laughs> Mace, Mace briefs, briefs him on his target. Uh, Morello Eval, a henchman of Count Dooku, who plans to abduct the Chancellor at an upcoming festival on Naboo. Though the influential criminal is in prison, reports indicate that the kidnapping plot is somehow moving forward. Kenobi must gain Eval's confidence and find out his plan. To complete his assignment, Obi-Wan undergoes a painful facial transformation program. Kenobi's face twists and contorts to become the perfect likeness of Reiko Hardeen. This little particular segment here, the shaving part I thought was in a way really cool, but in another mm-hmm. way really creepy. The the way that little machine just kind of sucks the hair right off the head, so to speak. Yeah. And I, I did find this a little odd. The Of course, we've seen this type of facial reconstruction thing <clears> in various <throat> other movies. 
yeah. and sci-fi type of things. And I thought it was really strange that his face trans- he transforms into this guy's face along with his tattoo, which I, to me, I don't know why. I thought that was a little odd. <laughs> Did that strike well, you, you know in any way? It, because it's uh, it's nanobots essentially, right? Like that's why that's that's always what it is in these sorts of things. Like they reconstruct his face, and uh, and they actually change his skin tone in general. So I don't see why they couldn't just change you know the skin tone or pigmentation mm-hmm. in those specific areas, right? I mean, here's the thing. Okay, we currently have in real life on Earth. You know, today you could go out tomorrow, and uh, and get this. You could get an LED tattoo uh, implanted underneath your skin. So what they do is they just put like this. It's sort of like a thin LED sheet, like a plastic sheet, just underneath the surface of your skin, just underneath the first couple layers of, of epidermis, and it's uh, it it's an electronic screen. Of a tattoo that you can, you know, turn on and off with a with a little console. So um, <laughs> it's not it's not unreasonable that you know it, when they have hyperspace and droids and all that sort of stuff that they wouldn't be able to take that uh, technology even further mm-hmm. and and you know really you know uh, <clears throat> just add different pigmentations in different spots. Uh, more more diversely, you know, not with the with the aid of an LED, but with with something else, right? So, <laughs> so I think that that's pretty that's believable to me. The the uh, the reconstructing of his actual physical face to me is the thing that's a little bit more uh, silly. <laughs> um, it, it almost doesn't fit with Star Wars because Star Wars isn't as much uh, sci-fi as it is fantasy, right? And this feels like a more of a sci-fi plot, so. Yeah, true. I think it would have worked a little bit better if they would have found a guy who looks almost exactly like Obi Wan, and he just sort of, you know, like, oh well, if we shave Obi Wan's head and we give him these tattoos and and all this sort of stuff, then you know he's a dead ringer. Because the thing is that we've never seen on the show Obi Wan without the hair and the beard, right? So he looks like a different person just just with that. Right. Uh, right. So I don't know. Another thing that I thought of is how many episodes after this arc is it going to be before his hair is fully grown before back? Before his hair grows back, yeah. <laughs> so, absolutely, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> in a seedy bar deep in the Coruscant underworld, Rako drinks to his success as a Jedi killer. A servant droid approaches him with a message. His clients have arrived with his payment. Hardeen retires to a back room to meet his employers. And is shocked to come face to face with himself. Mace and the and the disguised Obi Wan apprehend Rako and question him, not for answers, but to capture a sample of his voice. Once they have what they need, Mace uses the Force to put Rako into a deep sleep. Obi Wan swallows a vocal emulator that transforms his voice into a pitch perfect imitation of Rako Hardin. He dons Rako's clothes, ready to step into his role. So I took off in my speeder, and then I got a ride here. That's it. Keep talking. Into this. This is stupid. Confessing to a murder I didn't even do? 
Oh, but you did. For all intents and purposes, Obi-Wan Kenobi is dead. And that certainly was your intention. How do I look? Like a criminal. Should buy you all the credibility you need in prison. Look, I don't know what you guys are up to, but... Do we have enough recording? I believe so. Which means you can go to sleep now. <sighs> so how does this vocal emulator work? Well, you swallow it. I was afraid you'd say that. What an odd sensation. It will take some getting used to. That's a luxury you don't have. I hope this works. So there we go. Uh, <clears throat> the transformation is complete from Obi-Wan Kenobi into Reiko Hardin, right down to the voice. And uh, this, is, uh, this is a storyline that really shows off uh, the voice talents of James Arnold Taylor as both the voice of Obi-Wan and Reiko. Uh, there's actually uh, some people questioned it <clears throat> and weren't weren't sure if uh, if Reiko was voiced by by James, but <clears throat> but in fact he is. So it's crazy. Two very different voices coming from the same guy, and I mean that should be no surprise. We've heard all sorts of voices come out of <clears throat> out of James in the past. <laughs> I think I may have swallowed a vocal emulator myself. Uh, it sounded a like bit, it. <laughs> a little bit of a frog in my throat. <clears> throat. It's trying to match my voice to Yoda's, I think. Um, <laughs> but I, but yeah, very cool, very cool te piece of technology to make him sound just a little bit different, mm -hmm. or a lot of it different. He's still got a little bit of the Obi Wan inflection though. Reiko talks a little bit different. I thought that was a cool, a, little, a cool choice, as particularly uh, in in upcoming scenes when he's talking to those who don't know that or the those sorry that do uh, do know that he's obi-wan <clears throat> he sort of slips back into his obi-wan mannerisms and and uh and sayings and that sort of thing which I, is really cool i mean great writing as well as great performing by james arnold taylor so do you need a second there <laughs> No, go ahead. No, you can uh, continue on to the next okay. piece. Okay. Anakin and, it's, and Ahsoka storm into the bar. Yoda has informed them that Obi-Wan's <clears throat> killer has been found. The bartender points the Jedi to the back room, where they find Reiko passed out and apparently drunk. Oblivious to Obi-Wan's disguise, Anakin angrily yanks Reiko to his feet. Although Skywalker would very much like to kill Har Hardin himself, he knows Obi-Wan would prefer to see his killer locked away. Anakin and Ahsoka, Ahsoka deliver Reiko to the Republic prison. <laughs> this I did think was interesting. I'm sitting down there watching this episode, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, now wait a minute. Is this An Obi-Wan, or is this the real Reiko? <laughs> at, at yeah, which one is it? Yeah, and then when they take him to prison, I'm like, okay, never mind. That's Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. Okay, and as we keep going, because I really like where this, this episode is going. In prison, Obi-Wan quickly establishes his reputation as a no-nonsense thug, stabbing a, a trouble-seeking... Oh, I can't... Carcardian? Uh, Carcaradon. Car Carcaradon. Uh, Car <laughs> yeah. 
convict. The, the shark, shark people. <laughs> yeah, convict in the hand with a utensil in the mess hall. This catches the attention of Morella Evol. <laughs> I thought this was just super funny, and I love that yeah. line. When he says, hey, what's going on down there? He goes, oh, nothing. I'm just playing with my food. <laughs> yeah, like, it was a great, great moment with this guy who, you know, this really, really kind of creepy, menacing looking. I mean, we've seen the, the Carcardons before, the beginning of the season, and they're they're deadly, right? And mm-hmm. they're they're dangerous, but... Uh, but Obi-Wan's got to pull off this uh, this tough guy persona, so he just stabs him in the in the hand with a fork. And, you know, he's like, maybe you'll taste better. <laughs> <laughs> you so know, and great. I thought that was the one from the beginning of the season at first, and then the dog's going to be, no, wait a minute, they killed him. No, yeah. So, yeah, so this was <laughs> just in, another one. <laughs> he's in so many pieces on the ocean floor <laughs> on, uh, on Mon Calamari. Uh, yeah, uh, when the guards take Obi-Wan to his cell, he finds himself assigned to share quarters with Moralo. Evidence of the criminal's influence, even when behind bars. Without divulging specific details, Evol talks of his big plan involving the Chancellor and invites Hardeen to participate. First, they must escape prison, and, in, and to do so requires the help of Evol's third cellmate, bounty hunter Cad Bane. Instantly, Hardeen and Bane dislike each other. Eval finds their quick rivalry amusing. He decides the cell might be too tight for all three, so he has the guard switch Rako to another. Uh, Morello threatens Hardeen and tells him to forget everything he's heard. I kind of I thought that was interesting in reading it this way. I didn't really. I just kind of thought that they brought. Hardeen into the cell to discuss things with them and then they took him away it, I didn't make the connection that okay this was his cell and then he just told them to yeah. take him away but uh, I like the fact that we get Cad Bane back in this in this arc I think it, he looks really strange without having a hat to me uh, yeah, you get so yeah. used to having that hat <clears throat> yeah he looks really weird he, you know because he's just another Duro and I'm sure that Duros would consider that racist but <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like that's it. Like he just he he just looks like another Duro. I mean, it's definitely Cad Bane. We know from the voice uh, instantly, and uh, and there is definitely a a bit of a look. I mean, he's a little bit thinner and and uh, taller mm-hmm. than than other Duros maybe. Yeah. Um, and and you know, it's it's fairly apparent pretty quick that it's him. Yeah, and these um, these prison outfits don't do anything for him, so. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I very cool to have him back. Very very cool. Uh, <clears throat> the next day at the prison's workout room, Obi Wan finds a hidden comlink and makes secret contact with Mace and Yoda. The Jedi Masters are surprised to find out Bane is involved in the plot. Obi Wan intends to keep a close eye on Moralo and Bane, especially if they are plotting an escape. I found the transmitter, but I shall have to make this short. We have a problem. I made contact with Evol. He nearly divulged his kidnap plot, but Cad Bane stopped him. Cad Bane? We had no intel they were in league together. It appears Evol's hired Bane to break him out of prison. And the way they were talking, it's imminent. Foolish we were. To believe Bane's capture was without purpose. Yes. Yes, but we can make this work for us. If they do try to escape... I won't let them out of my sight. 
No doubt, he shall lead us to some answers about the plot, and possibly to his superiors. Good idea, Obi-Wan. Just don't blow your cover. It could take a while to extract you from prison. <laughs> Not to worry. I'm starting to enjoy playing the villain. Gotta go. So there, there we get the first uh, first mention of Obi Wan referring to himself as Ben, uh, something that goes back, <clears throat> I suppose, a a lot longer than we thought. Um, I always assumed that that was just the people of Tatooine, sort of in backwater planet, and you know he's got this fancy name Obi-Wan Kenobi and they just go what Ben Kenobi what's your name I don't understand so they just call him old Ben Kenobi right like I always thought that, that was kind of it was a bit of a misnomer that people just you know messed up his name but but I calls <laughs> he refers to himself as Ben in this so yeah. so apparently this is I, I read this on, uh, somebody else had posted this mm-hmm. up or I saw this on StarWars.com I can't remember exactly where they were talking about this apparently this is what his undercover name so like he's using it now then of course later he uses it when he goes to Tatooine he decides to go by Ben or something or other and I'm like okay yeah that's that's interesting I I I had to do a double take and had to back it up so did he just say Ben when I saw that the first time and the one thing in this particular spot that kind of kind of bugged me a little bit is I'm assuming that is that that's Bosk that's sitting there uh, working out Mm-hmm. when he walks up and I'm wondering if that's Greedo that's with him but nothing said and I'm like he just comes up and gives him a little look it's like <clears throat> get out of the way I want to yeah. use it now and then they're like okay we're done and they walk away and I'm like that's kind of a bit of a coward there on Bosk's part but okay I just it struck me as odd uh, for me on that one so and then just later it's and later in the episode he comes up and you know, starts to fight with him, so I just found that a little kind of, you know, uneven for me, but... Yeah. <laughs> Returning to the mess hall, Obi-Wan soon, soon finds trouble. Boba Fett picks a fight with him, and the troubled youth is backed by his Trandosian ally, Bosk. The fight soon erupts into a huge prison riot. All part of Cad Bane's plan, the chaos of the riot overwhelms the guards, and in the confusion, many prisoners escape. And it didn't register with me at first when the kid walked up that that was Boba Fett. Oh, really? Beca- because of the hair being cut short, yeah. I guess. I heard the voice, and I'm like, man, that sounds a lot like Boba Fett. <laughs> and it just didn't register with me. And then right as he got into him, like, okay, never mind, that's Boba Fett, duh. And, but I, I, just, I love this because I love to see the, um, the shock troopers. If, if, am I not mistaken? Is this the first episode we've actually gotten to see these guys so far? Uh, you know what? It might be. It might be because this because I, I mean, we may have seen red uh, clones before, but not uh, not episode three clones because that's new this season. So, yeah. so yeah, I uh, love these clones, probably... and I was so happy to see them. And mm-hmm. to me, another thing was when they started using the stun guns. I thought that was great. Because to me that's yeah. a throwback to the original trilogy. So um, yeah, yeah, when they use the stun blast and when they set for stun, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, uh, the clone troopers place the prison on lockdown. In the corridors in the lower levels, Obi Wan catches up with Moralo and Bane. Evol decides to take Hardeen with them, 
admitting that having another Jedi killer in their midst would be useful. When the three of them come to a locked door that Bane is unable to open, Obi-Wan sends him and Morallo to guard the ends of the corridor while he rewires the access panel. With his allies distracted, Obi-Wan uses the Force to bypass the lock and open the door. The pretty pretty fun moment uh, where he's just like, oh, you guys go keep a lookout, I'll, I'll handle this. And then he just, once they're both looking in another, in another direction, he just goes, oh, okay, and there we go, just uses the Force. I thought that was a nice pretty, touch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. The three fugitives use the morgue as their means of escape as it connects to the poorly guarded cremation center. Bane and Aval coldly blast the few clone technicians who try to stop them, but Obi-Wan spares one of the men and claims his blaster jammed. This does little to gain Hardeen's favor with Cad Bane. I thought that was kind of neat when they go to get him in, this, uh, in the shoots, and Obi-Wan has to get in one with a dead body. Yeah. And I thought that was cool with the little look on his face, like, ugh. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, he does definitely. That's just another example of the great acting that these characters portray on the show, which is thanks to the animators. And I'm sure, uh, in small part, thanks to James in the booth, because I'm sure he has a slight reaction, and uh, and they probably mimicked it. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, it's a great moment. The, the one problem that I have is that Cad says... You know, uh, they say, "Oh, we're gonna go out through the morgue," and uh, and Hardeen kind of questions it, and uh, and then Cad Bane's like, "Oh, well, how do you think I broke out before?" And I was kind of like, "Well, if that's how you broke out before, don't you think that they would have, you know, beefed up security?" Because we're gonna see in a, in a second. I mean, they don't really. It's not really a clever breakout. They just kind of pop out and beat guys up. And it's like, well, that'll work once, but I don't know that it'll necessarily work again. Yeah, you would have hoped the first time that he had it timed out much better than where he could have come out when nobody was there. Yeah. You would think so. <laughs> the three criminals steal a cargo vessel from a shipping dock and fly away from Coruscant. Cad Bane surprises Hardeen with a forceful punch to the jaw for hesitating to kill the clone during their escape from the prison. Rayco reminds the bounty hunter that he played a vital role in their escape, and Bane seems suspicious of this convenient circumstance. Morello is impressed with Hardeen and decides to let him in on his plot after all. Soon as we're off Coruscant, we're safe. hesitating during the escape. If it wasn't for me, we'd still be stuck in there. Yeah, funny how that worked out. for you and my plans after all. I'm listening. Yeah, I thought that was really kind of humorous, and I'm wondering where, if that's going to lead to anything else later. Uh, one, Cad Bane says that. Yeah, funny how that mm -hmm. worked out. Because I thought that really was kind of suspicious that he thinks something else is going on. 
Yeah, well, you know, if anybody's going to figure it out, I don't think it's Moralo. Moralo seems to be pretty, pretty dense <laughs> as far as bounty hunters go. Um, he may be ruthless, but he's not all that clever. Um, but Bane is kind of the wrench in the works, and uh, and and he's a little bit more difficult to uh, to fool. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, it's definitely there's a lot more of this in the in the next episode uh, of the two of them sort of at odds with one another. So, uh, uh, yeah, overall, like an excellent, excellent beginning to this new storyline, to this new arc. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. So, um, I'm I'm excited to see where it's going to go, where it's going to keep going. I should say. Yeah, exactly. I. I really did enjoy this uh, as well. Um, this character, Hardeen, not Hardeen, I'm sorry, the other guy. Um, the one yeah, Moralo Yeah, Moralo. I find him, like you said, he's a bit stupid. Yeah. He, he just, I'm just like, oh, okay, here we go with another one of these guys. That they're just, you know, how in the world do they even get along? But I'm curious to see wh- where it is going. Because, I mean, we, like you said, got this episode we got the next one already aired and now we got two more to go and i'm yeah really at a loss that okay i have no idea where this is going because anything can happen especially with uh anakin's part and uh, coming up in this and to see you know what happens between him ahsoka and all this and to see what entails and and like you mentioned there with the cad bane it's gonna be I mean, even if Cad, you say if Cad Bane figures out that this isn't Hardeen, that this is yeah. Obi Wan, or even if he doesn't know that it's Obi Wan, even if he just suspects that it's a Jedi of some type, he's not going to necessarily. Re- I wouldn't think he would necessarily reveal it at, as soon as he knows, because he's going to yeah. use it to his, his advantage at some at some point. And and I like the fact that I know we're getting into like next week, but we're sitting here with Cad Bane, and they've got these prison outfits on. And in this, so far in this arc, we really get to see him in that full-fledged Western feel that this character has. Yeah. And I've been, I've said this before that <laughs> Cad Bane was one of those characters that just really didn't do much for me when I first saw him. I thought he was really cool, but I think the voice kind of threw me. But once I got used to him, which was really quickly, that... I love this character. He, he's a great character. I love his voice. And just everything that they've done with this character has just been spot on. And I'm just, I'm excited to see him in action. Because he, he just, he does, he'll go head-to-head against the Jedi. He don't care who they are. He's going to go up against anybody gets in his way. And he flat yeah. out doesn't care about anything but money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Cad Bane's one of the best characters I uh, that the series has produced. Um, actually, you know what? I'll just say he's the best character that the series has produced. Better um, than uh, Ahsoka? Yes. <laughs> I would say so, yeah. And, like, that's not anything against Ahsoka. Ahsoka's a great character, too. But Cad Bane's just... He's just perfect. Like, he's he fits seamlessly into the Star Wars universe. He's, uh... He's, he's the character that we all wanted Boba Fett to be, I think. I was um, fixing to say that. I was fixing to say that. I bet that yeah. most people see that. Yeah. Yes. So, so uh, yeah. I don't know. I I love the character, and and I love that he's an integral part of this arc. And I, uh, 
it's a lot of fun. I think I'm I'm excited to see where it's gonna go. Uh, having watched the the following episode, uh, it's uh, it's cool. It's it was it was like the next episode's great. We'll talk more about that in the next episode of Frontlines. But I uh, yeah, it's oh man, I tell you, <laughs> I tell you, great great arc. Uh, Featuring Obi-Wan, but maybe not necessarily in the way that any of us were thinking that he'd be featured, but <laughs> still, still great. You know, you cool. me- you mentioned that, um, I know this is not really on necessary topic, but it makes me mm-hmm. wonder, you mentioned that about how great a job that James Arnold Taylor has done with uh, the two voices and then mm-hmm. even using uh, Reiko's voice with some Obi-Wan mannerisms. It makes me wonder, and that's something that I'm going to have to ask one of these guys the next time we get a chance to talk to them, is do they, um, how do they go about playing, does the voice, I mean, Dave Filoni obviously tells them, okay, this is what we're going for. And then the artists, they come back and they animate from their performance, or is it a mixture of both? Do they get some of what the performance is, and then they do yeah. it, and then they finish it, or is it strictly they perform it, and then the artists have to come back because they've got the voiceover and the reactions and the inflections and everything, and then they have to come back and animate all of that into the into the show. Yeah, definitely, it would be interesting to hear to hear the process for that, and I'm sure that it's different for different characters, right? Right, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, oh, just it, either way, I think that we get great performances at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So they need to just keep on doing what they're doing, you know? <laughs> uh, just just keep it up. I mean, it didn't even dawn on me that uh, James was doing the voice of Rayco. I, I it never even occurred to me. Oh yeah, watching the episode. Well, you know what? You know what the tell is is the moment when he swallows the the vocalizer. You can hear him switch it over to the yeah. other voice but you can actually hear james doing it and for anybody who's seen him on stage uh doing his uh his i think it's called talking to myself mm-hmm. yes. something like that um anybody who's seen that uh they'll know uh you know that that was him that was, that's all him because they've heard him do his bit where he does he does uh, like 90 voices in in like two minutes or three minutes or something like that i don't know can't remember the actual it statistic it's, it's but incredible <laughs> he runs through pretty much every single voice that he knows how to do and uh like in in like a minute or two it's it's unbelievable when he does it and uh, if you're gonna be a star wars celebration you'll have to check it out i'm sure he'll be performing it there um, in fact um it was just announced i believe this past week that that is he is going on tour with that so he yes. will be performing that in person and yeah. I would just hope that he comes close to me so that I get a chance, even though I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah. You know, that just, it can't compare to being able to see him do it in person. Oh, so much more impressive in person. So much more impressive. Uh, and you know what? A lot of people didn't go to, to, to that panel at Star Wars Celebration last time at five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was there. I didn't, I made sure not to miss it. And, uh, and you know what? I was a big fan before, but after having seen him do that i i'm i'm a huge fan uh, of him and uh, and his amazing amazing talent well i missed that at celebration and hopefully he'll have it at celebration six <laughs> and so yeah hopefully know, i think he's gonna take uh, full advantage of this and have a lot of fun with it because i know he's going overseas 
Yeah. And he's going to be going all over America. So this is going to be something that's, you know, really going to be really good for him and, and his future. I mean, just, you know, think, I mean, because we already know how talented this guy is. And you could definitely tell that by just the two minutes you're talking about of him going. Yeah. I sit there with my mouth open watching that little small piece there. And I'm just like, seriously? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't even do but my voice and, you know, everybody can do a couple of voices here and there that sounds somewhat like something else, but come on. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, no, for sure. Cool. <laughs> well, uh, let's jump into our mailbag. Alrighty the then. Mailbag. Here we go. Wait a minute. Play back the entire message. Where are those transmissions you intercepted? He is carrying a message from an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was beginning to wonder if you'd got my message. I saw part of the message. He w- I seem to have found it. Okay, so our Facebook post of the week uh, is from uh, Bethany Osler, who's one of our newer members over on the Facebook group. And uh, she says, hey, how is Obi-Wan going to mask the Force when he comes in contact with Anakin? In Cestus Deception, Asajj makes, masks her presence. I would think Force users can detect other Force users, and Anakin and Obi-Wan have a tight bond. Just wondering, any thoughts? Um, well, I mean, I already know the answer to this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he does indeed mask his presence. Uh, he does the best that he can, but, uh, but Anakin senses something. He doesn't necessarily sense that Reiko is Obi-Wan, but he senses that Obi-Wan's still alive. So, um, there is, they definitely do have that connection. And, and I mean, we know that from episode four, right? Uh, when Obi-Wan's simply on the Death Star, uh, Vader can sense his presence. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, that we'll, uh, we'll maybe see a little bit more of that in, in the following episodes. Mm-hmm. Plus, well, now, I mean, because we've already seen the next episode, uh, unfortunately yeah. now, but plus we see that Anakin's anger plays a part in that too. He's so angry when he sees uh, Reiko... Yes. That he can't necessarily sense like he normally would, probably. And yeah, and even if he does, he just kind of ignores it and just kind of jumps right in to, right. to fight. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, uh, Anakin's uh, pretty well known to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, which is not at all out of character. <laughs> cool, well, uh, that's, that's the mailbag. And uh, here's the uh, description for the upcoming episode. Friends and Enemies, which I'm sure many of you have already watched. Uh, Fleeing across the galaxy with criminal fugitives, a disguised Obi-Wan, Cad Bane, and Morala Rivaller, tenaciously pursued by Anakin and Ahsoka, who have no idea they're chasing their friend. Now I need a new hat. Trying to blend in, your hat sure makes you stand out. I don't like to hide under a helmet. Uh, is there anything else you desire, huh? A new ship? Your choice of weapons is lousy, Pablo. Where can I get some quality blasters? I wouldn't be too picky being on the run like you obviously are. Elsewhere. Please, Thanks for the hat. 
So, uh, so I can tell you right now, uh, as I've seen into the future, uh, that this is an awesome episode. So, I check back with Frontlines later this week uh, if it's not already in there, and uh, you know, our episode uh, with me and Matt talking friends and enemies will be in there already. So you can listen back to back if you're lucky. Uh, but that's it for this week. That does it for us. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us over on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash clonewars. And you can head over to Facebook. Join our page, facebook.com slash clonewarspodcast. And, uh, and from there, you can join our group. And, uh, and you can always email us, uh, Mike at CloneWarsPodcast.com. And, uh, Chris, where can they find you guys? Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash Sarlacc Pit Podcast. And you can always email us at podcast at galacticbinder.com. And to find our uh, podcast page, uh, we're on galacticbinder.com. And then right there on the front page, there's a a big logo for the Sarlacc Pit Podcast and just click on that and it'll take you to all of our episodes and you can download them straight from there. You can listen to them on the page or if you're in iTunes, just look up Sarlacc Pit Podcast and bam, we'll be there. <laughs> awesome, cool. Well, thank you for sitting in for Matt this week and uh, uh, we will have you back for sure in the future to talk some more Clone Wars. Uh, we got a lot of episodes to fill. We're going to try and get to the <laughs> 100 before uh well <clears throat> i'm gonna try and get to 99 before uh star wars celebration so that we can do our live episode 100 from uh c6 oh that uh, sounds and, good uh, and i know that you'll be there so you can yes, uh, you can hop on on that episode 100 i'm sure we'll hear you on there as well heck yeah that'll be a lot of fun i appreciate you asking me to come on this has been a lot of fun to get to sit down and talk clone wars we don't do too much of that on our podcast but uh I'm always up for talking to Clone Wars, so <laughs> appreciate cool. it. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, that's it for us this week, so we will see you guys. Uh, well, actually, it's not us for that. Us for this week. We're not We're not quite done. Uh, we're done for this episode, but you're going to get another episode in your podcast feed pretty quick, so we will, uh, we will talk to you guys then. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always. <laughs>